Welcome to TRC Talks, a podcast by The Reynolds Company, an authorized distributor for Rockwell Automation. This show features conversations with the automation specialists from The Reynolds Company, explaining the evolving landscape of products, services, and solutions for industrial controls and automation. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Brad Freeman, and today's episode is an overview on safety circuits, a conversation that took place between Reynolds specialist David Aldrich and Eric Bombier, a safety solution consultant with Rockwell Automation. This intro to machine safety is a great place to start learning about the topic. Now, in this discussion, our next webinar was mentioned, a users group discussion revolving around smart safety. This conversation was recorded before the webinar, but by the time we are releasing this episode, it will have already occurred. So rather than a link to sign up for the event in the show notes, you will see a link to the recorded event on YouTube. Thank you again for listening. Please enjoy this conversation on Safety Circuits. Aldrich. I'm with the Reynolds Company. In today's TRC Tech Talk, I will be hosting this for you with Eric um, with Rockwell. The, just a little bit of background on myself. I am a component specialist for Reynolds that covers safety sensors and industrial control products. Today, again, like I said, we're going to have Eric here with us. And uh, Eric, please introduce yourself. Hi, thank you, David. It's great to be here. I'm Eric Bombeer with Rockwell Automation based in Dallas. I'm a solution consultant focused on helping customers apply machine automation, machine safety, and design to control systems. Great. We're glad to have you here today. Well, so today's topic is a topic that we run into quite a bit of times in the component world, especially around safety. And uh, usually we have customers that will call us and ask us for a safety component. And then the next question that we normally get is, well, what do I do with this and why do I need it? And so today we want to talk about you know, what makes a safety control circuit safe? Typically, you have a control circuit on a machine, and then you'll have your safety circuit second on the machine. And for some reason, it seems to sometimes be a black box or black magic that some of the uh, our customers deal with. But really, the safety side of things uh, provides additional things other than uh, the tr- traditional control circuit by providing monitoring, diagnostics, and the safety control itself. So, Today, Eric, I would like to you know have you take a stab at this with us, and maybe we can demystify some of the safety side of things and kind of give our customers a really good baseline to go with on the safety side of things. In your mind, what makes a safety control circuit safe? Yeah, that's a great leadoff. Thanks, David. I'd say that it's an interesting area because it's changed over the years. There are many of us that started in this field when we were told never ever wire an emergency stop to a PLC input. And we would never allow the use of software and networking and electronics. Uh, But so much of that has changed in today's technologies and the standards that reflect it. I would say kind of a simplified statement around what makes a safety control circuit safe is we're saying we're gonna allow people to work with machinery and potentially without using lockout tagout for certain tasks. 
we really want to make sure that the circuit design and the system overall integrity uh, is satisfactory or matches the requirements of that risk associated with the machine. For safety control circuits, we often think about redundancy, maybe two wires, two circuits, two devices, two contacts, etc. And then we also think about monitoring and diagnostics so that if a wire falls off or a short circuit happens, maybe a contactor gets stuck or a transistor fails, then we can force the system automatically into a safe state. Yeah, that's a great overview for, um, you know, what makes that circuit safe. And, you know, typically uh, when we talk about safety, there's a safety function that's a part of a, you know, a hazard. And that safety function is typically broken down into three different areas. Each safety function will have its safety inputs, its safety logic resolver, and its safety outputs. Kind of understanding what each, each one of those things is and does or is a part of the safety function really helps ease some of the confusion around that safety circuit. So when we talk about safety inputs, what is a safety input device? What do we typically see? Safety inputs, we usually think about safety rated, and they might have special mechanical design to keep people from easily overriding or defeating them. They might have special electronic design, like a unique RFID code that only one tag works in a certain location. But I would say the overall approach would be that they also could incorporate redundancy, maybe self-diagnostics, as well as, again, inability to easily defeat. Some practical examples could be mechanical switches on doors. There might be electronic switches with RFID or magnetic coating. And then, of course, optical sensing like a light curtain or an area laser scanner to try to detect a person or a hand or a foot. And other ways to check would be safety mats, somebody is standing in a certain location or not. Some of the newer technologies under development would be 3D imaging. Can we tell if a, if a human is in a certain area and then make, make sure the machines are related to that factor? So now we've got a safety input like you were talking about earlier, it could be electromechanical device like an e-stop, or it could be a solid state device like a light curtain or a safety laser scanner. Well, what do you do with that next, right? So now you got to connect it to that next part of the, uh, the safety function, which would be the safety logic device. What does a safety logic device do in the safety circle? Why do you have to have that e-stop connected to a safety logic device instead of just wired straight into a PLC? Well, that's a great example, e-stop, I think, because for many years and still today, we might just have a simple industrial control relay, MCR would have been a designation. Mm -hmm. And that MCR then would be responsible to shut down contacts feeding power to other devices if that, as you said, emergency stop was depressed. Now, those things are electromechanical devices and could be prone to short circuits, getting stuck or failing. So often today, we're mm -hmm. using an electronic version of that which could be a dedicated purpose electronic relay or even programmable device. And if it's a programmable safety logic, like a, a safety PLC maybe, we would need to have redundancy. Again, error checking. We can use pulse checking to decide if an input is in the right state. The safety logic is monitoring the status of devices and it's also doing some type of logic, maybe AND or OR logic could be doing more advanced functions around temporarily overriding, like a mute function. So the safety logic solver 
would have special duties related to the safety of the control system for the machinery. Now that we have the inputs connected to the safety logic device, obviously the last part is the safety output that's being used. And, you know, typically you mentioned it earlier, in, uh, in the past you'd see just a standard control relay like an MCR. Now today you'll see different uh, safety output devices like a safety contactor relay. Explain how that works in, works in conjunction with the safety input and then as well as the safety logic device. Sure. So similar to the inputs, the safety outputs, we often need to think about redundancy. So we might want to have two contactors instead of just one. That in case if one fails short and gets welded stuck, the other one still works. And then the diagnostic coverage to know about that. If a contactor welds, we have some way to know that happened and, and take action in the control system. Today, in addition to electromechanical devices, we have electronics like variable frequency drives, servo drives, robotic controllers, even solenoids and hydraulic or pneumatic fluid power control that might involve electronics. So we can use statistical data for those devices in addition to the hardwired redundancy and monitoring. And the whole use of the statistical calculations has brought on a new layer of safety circuit analysis. So we would know is that device or that system safe enough for long enough? It's one thing to install a control system and it works today and we test it out, but how about a year or two or five or 15 years down the road? Are we sure enough that the devices have been selected and built to last that long from a safety perspective? Okay, so we have the safety function, which includes the safety input, the safety logic, and the safety output part. Now that we have all those things uh, together, what are the next steps that a customer would look at once you have those? I mean, normally you have a safety circuit, but what should they have looked at to start off? What are some of the tools that we have out there that are available for our customers in putting all this together? Well, you know, one of the greatest resources I think we've made available is a rich set of a library of safety application techniques. We call these safety functions documents, and each one of them contains a simple, as you've described, input and logic and output. It could be an emergency stop pull cord switch wired to a safety monitoring relay and then safety rated contactors. Other examples could be a light curtain on Ethernet communicating to a safety rated controller and then out to some variable frequency drives or servo controls. And each one of these documents has the schematic that's recommended, any software examples if it includes programming, a list of materials, and also a verification tool referred to as Systema, which is a long acronym. It stands for the Safety Integrity Software Tool for Evaluating Machinery Applications. There'll be a quiz on that at the end, so everybody pay attention to that The one. longest acronym <laughs> I know of, but... That's a tool that we've included examples to verify those statistical calculations and the system design. And then finally, they have a, an actual checklist of how to validate that system once it's installed actually works. So that tool or that set of documents is available on our website. I think we can provide a link to that. Um, we also have um, libraries for that Systema tool for most of our or all of our safety rated products for the most part. And a really exciting development is um, Safety Automation Builder 
2.0. We have a revision that's been undergoing for the last um, several months to provide a tool for customers to use to perform a risk assessment through system design and then the verification and validation activities we discussed. Well, that's a lot of uh, great, valuable tools that um, hopefully our customers uh, will reach out to us and we can share with them. I know, uh, you know, the predefined engineered safety applications uh, that you were talking about, again, those are available on the website and we'll leave a link um, with the podcast on that. And those are great first steps, especially if you're trying to demystify that, that safety circuit and really understand, you know, what's going, out, what's going on with your, your safety control circuit and how to, apl- how to implement it, uh, as well as what you mentioned earlier, make sure you verify that that safety uh, circuit is working the way it's supposed to. All right, Erica, one last question for you. I know uh, this can be um, seem like it's quite complicated a lot of times for our customers. Are there any services or anything like that that Rockwell could offer to help ease this burden at a customer? Any other training? Yes, certainly. Well, in addition to your great resources and others in the Reynolds company, customers can obviously contact me and other people in my group. We also have a dedicated team of full-time safety consultants. And this team is available to provide consulting on risk assessment through overall system design requirements, and then finally even for checkout and validation of safety systems. So whether that's uh, through the resources locally available through the Reynolds Company and Rockwell Field Resources, and also our extended consulting and engineering teams, there are really a lot of ways. So I, I just encourage anybody to reach out have discussions about this topic. It can be very important for plan operations and keeping people safe. And uh, just to uh, follow up on this as well, uh, March 16th, we will have a user group meeting uh, that you can sign up for on our Reynolds Online website that will be going over uh, smart safety devices and uh, kind of a general overview of the products that Rockwell offers. Uh, As we move into some of the newer areas, we're doing safety over ethernet sip safety over ethernet yeah that'd be a great time to uh, get a good idea of the rockwell portfolio of safety products if you happen not to be able to catch it uh on march 16th the uh, user group meeting will be available for viewing on uh youtube i'd like to thank eric for being here today and providing uh, all the great information that uh, we went through today and if you have any other comments please reach out to the Reynolds sales team or specialist staff and be more than happy to help you thank you david Thank you for listening to this episode of TRC Talks. For support, please see our website, ReynoldsOnline.com. And for those who are outside of our area, please visit RockwellAutomation.com and you can find your authorized local distributor there. Check our show notes for links on how to contact our team and to see our upcoming webinars. TRC Talks is produced and hosted by Wayne Welk and Brad Freeman of the Reynolds Company. Editing and mixing for this episode were by Brad Freeman. Today's guest host was David Aldrich, and today's guest was Eric Lombier. Thank you again, and we will see you in the next episode. Um, just a thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for being here and listening to this episode. Of TRC Talks. I meant to Eric, but it's nice to thank our <laughs> listeners too. <laughs>
Yes, there you go.